Uh, so, um, there's a there's a Molana in Massachusetts that got in trouble for that. I also had a Halloween <laughs> program last year, but I didn't get in trouble because I'm not a, I'm not under the. You're not under, I'm under contract. contract, but <laughs> a different contract. A different contract. Bismillah, welcome to Savage Sufis with your host, your main man, Wakil, and Bilal. Welcome to episode three, uh, intro to how to conversate. Is this is this not the gin one, Bilal? Oh, no, it's not nighttime. Remember, we don't want to get afraid. Okay, okay. So we'll save that one for another day. That's a little bit of a teaser for you guys. Yeah. You know, Wakil's a tease. <laughs> Tell tell uh, Anas that was well, like fifteen seconds in. That last time he did in ten seconds. So. <laughs> yeah, do I really? I really held. I really held. Um, I really held the jokes in for his uh for his wedding speech. He should be. He should be thankful. Yeah. Um. So I just want to start off just thanking everyone who's been listening to us. Um. It really means a lot, and I think Bilal knows himself and myself as well that, you know. We are willing to speak to even one person, but that so many people showed up and listened to it. You know, I'm very thankful for that, and it's it's, it's a good start so far, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, just looking at the stats, we've got people listening from uh, even like Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, we had someone from the Emirates. Um, I know one of my friends from Macedonia. We're popular in Canada. Yeah, we even had Canadians. Can you believe we had Canadians? <laughs> so, so people people want to hear something. We might not be a cup of tea for everyone, but you know, we're enough chai to go around. Yeah, whether it's matcha or dud pati or <laughs> what I got tonight. Oh, the orange blood rooibos herbal tea blend again. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, we decided to do intro to having a conversation, right, or how to conversate or converse. Yes, I I, uh, I went ahead and just went with how to how to conversate or intro to how to conversate because I didn't think that conversate was a word um, and apparently it is a word. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those weird words that like teachers correct you for even though it's it's correct in itself, but yeah, they want to be more fancy with converse. Yeah, I always thought it was converse, so I was one of those arrogant people, and then I was corrected by someone who used it and i was like i don't think that's a word and then i looked it up and <laughs> we'll behold yeah and, we'll get to that that's actually like i think that's a good start to how we should actually have like conversations because sometimes we think we're right or we we have a formed opinion already and we're not willing to change or listen to somebody else's opinion yeah i mean we see this nowadays all the time right uh this is not even limited to I mean, of course, it's not limited to personal conversations, but it's even crept into our personal conversations. It happens on a national, international level. Everyone who comes into a conversation, it's like they're coming into a debate. Like they have their opinion formulated already that they're right, and they just need to prove themselves to themselves, not even the other person. Yeah, and and I think like... um just because we put everything out, like especially us, we, we have a we have a podcast now, right? Um, or any other type of social media, it's kind of like a megaphone blast. Even when it's like personal between two people, it's almost like we're broadcasting to an entire audience. 
And I think that mentality really crept in uh, into our society now. Yeah. And unfortunately, because a lot of the conversations don't happen face to face or even over the phone, they happen via text or um, even worse, like if you have a Facebook post or a Twitter post or an Instagram post, like that's your opinion. And then your words can be taken out of context, even if you make you know if you if your phone makes an autocorrect error and you spell a word wrong which you have never spelt incorrectly ever before then someone will take you to task for that it's really unfortunate and the way that like screenshots and conversations happen all the time like you know we always send the screenshots that uh <laughs> spill, the tea. No, spill the tea come on screenshots are exhibit a and b and c and d yeah and then you shorten it and then you you modify a little couple of things here and there. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a deficiency now. We have a deficiency. We don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Yeah, or listen to each other. And, and that's like, that's definitely um, imperative, very important uh, to grow and develop as a normal human being, which many of us nowadays are not even that. So, yeah, you know, a lot protect us from becoming less than human beings because he created us in a way that we have a uh, we have a tongue to speak and was it uh it's a saying of the scholars right that um god has given it a uh, god has created us with one tongue and two ears <laughs> the people talk like they have two tongues and no ears <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're corning we're corning terms left right and center right. yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna be trendsetters but all don't worry Trend. this can happen <laughs> Okay, so let's dive into it. Um, we started to have a conversation about how to have a conversation. We covered bas the basic approach that nowadays, unfortunately, because people come in to a conversation like and treat it like a debate, they already have opinions formulated in their minds. That, I think, is fine because people should have an idea of what they want to talk about before they enter into a conversation, whether it be casual or formal. But the deficiency as you kind of, you know, pointed out was that they or like the word deficiency that you pointed out. Um, I think the deficiency is really that when they come into any sort of conversation, it's they only want their side heard. And right. they don't even want they don't even care if they're listened to. It's just that their side was heard and they're vocal about it. And then they're like, OK, we're done. I'm going to walk away because I said my piece and I have no other part in this conversation. Whereas a conversation is an actual back and forth. Right. And I think a, a lot of that is just um, given the current state of events, whether it's like political, apolitical, whether it's religious, a-religious or irreligious, um, it's just, we like to hype up a main event almost so every conversation has to be exciting. And that's part of like the society we live in now where you have to make your life look like you're, you're doing something all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the blogs and the tweets and the pictures and posts on Instagram and TikTok and all these different types of platforms. Every little conversation now has to be almost a drama. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it's kind of hard to just talk to people like that in general. And, People don't realize we need to interact with each other. It's, it's going to be kind of funny because uh, I'm going to quote Aristotle here that we're psychosocial animals, that we need to interact with one another. 
So there's my Aristotle little quote there for the day. I completely lost my train of thought. Right. So (laughs) you kind of hit me hard with that, you know, with that ancient Greek. Um, Wait, where are you going to go with that, with the, with the quote though? Well, the the thing is that human beings, and this goes back down to our core, Mm. is that we are designed in such a manner that we can't be fully isolated and our survival pretty much depends on us congregating and coming together mm. with some psychosocial animals where we're designed to be in a society and what happens now is that when everyone becomes like rogue and everyone wants to be the alpha and everyone wants to be the head of the conversation they want to be head of the debate they want to be the winner all the time you don't have a society that functions. So we defeat our very purpose and our very nature by wanting to always be right, correct, heard, and not listen to anyone's other, like anyone else's opinions or their feelings or et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's what I'm trying to get at, is that this is the core problem of why we can't have a conversation is that we've become dehumanized to a certain extent. We've become kind of rabid. Mm. So we've gone from being psychosocial animals to just kind of psycho animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. And it's interesting that you, you know, you mentioned that quote specifically from Aristotle, because you know Aristotelian logic, um, it talks about you know the the way in which the human being is defined is also the rational animal, right? In Arabic, it's called al hayawan al natiq, the Nataq in, in Arabic comes from the root word nataqa, which means to actually formulate the words, right? But in order to actually speak words, you need to formulate in the, them in your mind. So they need to come in some sort of order, and order has to be rational. So a human being is someone who rationally puts things together in a in a pattern or a form, and then is able to, you know, elucidate that via their speech. And if someone is just speaking without other people around them, then you're not really a social animal. You're just kind of I mean, the person who just talks to themselves or him, him or herself the, you know, all the time without an audience. Um, I think that I, I don't want to go beyond our realm of expertise, which is something that we will touch upon a little bit later on, I believe. Um, but that's some, that's a sort of mental condition, right? That's a psycho. That's a psychological or psychiatric condition. That if we are speaking, expecting everyone to listen to us, but there is no one around us to listen to us. It's kind of a it's a weird situation that we're in, and you actually become a a psycho animal. Yeah, and, and so like even if if we go back to the creation of man, and I guess this is where we take a little bit religious turn and then probably we're going to conclude on the religious turn um, is that when man was created, he was given a platform to speak. But the main thing was that the angels around him were listening Mm -hmm. and what allowed, uh, you know, true growth and to identify who was what. So if, if we go to Surah Baqarah, in the in the very uh, which is second chapter of the Quran, that God is saying that He's going to create man to be the the head honcho on on earth, more or less, right? I'm creating a new creation, 
and he's going to inherit the earth. And the angels are actually conversing with God, right? They're saying, oh, you know, human beings, they're, they're, they're going to be destructive and there's already so much killing and massacre on the earth already. Why are you going to create this? You know, we're actually very good creations. We can take care of all this stuff. And God's saying that I know that things that you don't mm. know. And that's when the human being, Adam, Adam was first created. And that's when the angels are actually forced to listen to what Adam has to say. Mm. He starts saying things and they start realizing, wait, maybe as angels, we're not necessarily complete in our knowledge, right? We're not complete in our knowledge because he just surprised us with something that we didn't know, we didn't expect when he started naming all the different types of creation. Mm. And so that's when they, and this is actually one of the qualities of the angels, and this is an angelic quality found in human beings. They say, Subhanaka la ilmana, right? right? That maybe to God, that, you know, his knowledge is complete, that he has all the knowledge pretty much, right? More or less uh, loose translation of that. And they just admitted their own deficiency. So that conversation started off, went a complete different direction. Human beings are brought up. They listen to him for a little bit and they realize, hey, I'm wrong. And then we see that there's a mutual understanding between the two creation mm. after that. And, and th this is like the very foundation of our conversation kind of uh, begins or the foundation of conversation is there because that's where we rely upon. And this is completely, this is, you know, you set the stage in one side, right? And this is something that I, you know, I hadn't thought about um, before you actually brought it up. Um, and then you, if we, if you look at the, the converse of that or the, in like an opposing situation, then when, I mean, uh, I might be messing up the order of the events, but then when God commands the angels to bow down to Adam, and this is found you know, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, as well as the, the Islamic tradition, um, although there are slight changes or there are slight differences in the way that the narrations come about, and that all the angels bow down to Adam, peace be upon him, except for Iblis, except for Satan, except for Shaitan. In our tradition, you know, the majority opinion of the scholars is that Satan, Lucifer, Iblis, was not an angel. He was a create another creation that had free will. That was the jinn. And, you know, I never really thought about in this way that you had just mentioned in that when Adam spoke, peace be upon him, the angels, they subdued themselves, right? They were humble and they listened. But the reaction of Satan was not to listen, not to obey, and to think that he was better. Yeah, and, and that's actually there are two sides of the same coin, right? The, the very middle of it is actually having a conversation and the other end is complete denial or arrogance and ignorance. And the other one is, uh, wh which actually I think is going to go nicely into the next part about uh, innocent ignorance or blissful ignorance, mm -hmm. right? Uh, someone who's mentioning something without necessarily, uh, they do have a formed opinion, but they're willing to grow and evolve. And on the other side is that, arrogant ignorance where someone is very haughty and has a very strong and firm opinion and they're not willing to mm. learn at all and so we see on the angelic side you know where they say that glory be to you we have no knowledge except that what you taught us 
talking about God. Verily, it is you who is the all-knower and all-wise. And then the other side we have, which will become like the devilish or, or, or the demonic mm. quality of Satan rejecting it, saying, I'm better than you. I have more knowledge than you. I've lived longer than you. I have way more experience. I I'm right. Yeah, I already know. Exactly. And I think that goes into the part that you specifically wanted to talk about was the blissful ignorance or the innocent ignorance and the arrogant yeah. ignorance. So, I mean, we had talked about how the way in which we should, we should try to approach a conversation is that we should try to learn from the conversation because we should come at it from the perspective of, just like you were mentioning about the angels, that perhaps there is something that I will gain out of this out of this forthcoming endeavor, this forth, forthcoming interaction or conversation, that I might walk away with this with a new piece of knowledge, something that I didn't know from before. And that exactly like you were mentioning, that's what, you know, in, um, simple ignorance or blissful ignorance or innocent ignorance. I like the blissful ignorance, um, but at the same time, not all ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> innocent ignorance i mean our um the scholars of the of the islamic tradition they categorize the two types of ignorance the innocent ignorance and the arrogant ignorance or compound ignorance into jahl basit which is simple or compound simple or innocent ignorance and jahl murakkab which means literally compounded murakkab means something that's uh, something that's mounted upon something else like when you when you sit in a car or you mount uh, a riding animal or you get on a bike or something right you've done irkab, you've like gotten on top of it. So that means there's something on, something that you're on, right? Whereas basit is just simple, it's innocent. So the difference between the two is, the innocent ignorance is that you don't know something and you know that you don't know something. You don't, you know that you don't know about it. And an example of that would be like, I was just thinking over the weekend, I want to go visit some friends. And I've never really baked anything in my life, not to my knowledge. Now, my brother bakes like brownies and cookies, but mainly from like a recipe, like, you know, a Nestle box or whatever. But I was thinking, oh, you know, my friends gave me some apples. Uh, why don't I make an apple pie? So I was, you know, I know that I don't know how to make an apple pie. So I'm ignorant of the fact, uh, I, I'm ignorant of how to make an apple pie. So to solve my ignorance, to cure that ignorance of mine, I went online and I Googled, you know, I have the, I have some I have I have I have sugar I have apples I have graham crackers because I wanted to not go and get a store made pie crust so I googled like how to make a graham cracker pie crust and an apple pie I ended up not going and not actually baking the pie so I'm zero for zero in terms of my baking but that's basically that's a very very simple kind of real world very very recent example of innocent ignorance right. I'm completely aware that I don't know how to bake and I probably, and I know, I know that the first time it will probably not come out well. So I'm in need of some sort of expertise. Arrogant ignorance would be, if I take the same example, I've never baked an apple pie. I've never baked anything in my life. I don't know what ingredients go into an apple pie, except for the fact that I know it requires apples and, it, and I know it requires, um, if I want to make a graham, a graham cracker crust, I'm just going to mix the ingredients together, put it in the oven, and be like, I've made an apple pie, regardless of whether it comes out the way that I want it to, or or not, right? If it, you know, if I burn down the house or whatnot, hopefully that won't happen. 
but I mean, <laughs> you know, the arrogant ignorance, sometimes the person who's arrogantly in ignorant can be correct, right? And, you know, the adage goes, even a broken clock is right twice a day. The being arrogant, arrogantly ignorant doesn't preclude one from being correct. But does it mean that you actually know that you're correct? Or do you assume that you're correct? Right? So this is a problem. Um, and this is actually, we had mentioned that we wanted to use the, you know, there's in Islam, there's no original sin. Um, we don't believe that there's an original sin that was committed by Adam and, and Eve, peace be upon them both. But rather the original sin came from Satan when he refused to bow down to to Adam out of his arrogance, out of his compounded arrogance. And uh, I, I think that compound also, like the way you can also look at it is look at a piece of coal, right? Mm. It's very dense, right? And in, in terms of like compounding things, when you put things on top of each other and you just keep on putting it and you put it, compact it, it becomes very dense. And when we're talking about someone who's very ignorant, what do we call them? <laughs> dense. And so that compounding kind of translated it into English as well. And that's what we see with a lot of arrogant people. And in this case, Iblis, Satan, uh, he did the same type of thing too. That his arrogance, and it kind of works with the coal example because that's something, uh, you know, you put into the fire and he himself was a creation. He's going fire. back to the fire. Um, yeah, always all going back to the fire. You're going to have a gin program coming soon, guys. <laughs> just, just stay tuned. Oh, yeah, for, um, wait, so let's interject yeah, for the so, listeners who don't know. Jinn are, when we're talking about exorcisms and whatnot, jinn are actually the things that take possessions of people. So that's what we're going to be talking about soon, about Wakil and his um, his amateur exor exorcisms. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess we should lay down more of a foundation. Human beings, we believe, are creations of clay, right? Mud, earth, water, that type of mixture. And angels are creation of light. And jinns in this particular case are creations of fire, smokeless fire. So that's pretty much the foundation of three main or primary creations uh, that Allah created and why we're here today or the way things are done now. So that being said, again, um, the coal example that is very dense and Iblis became very dense in a certain aspect and he rejected uh, what God told him. And the thing is, a lot of people also misunderstand what happens in the opening uh, of creation or the creation of human beings is that they're like, oh yeah, uh, God was consulting the angels or God was consulting, uh, getting opinions on what he should do or not. That's not our understanding. Our understanding is that God announced something and whenever mm -hmm. he speaks, it's truth, right? You don't have knowledge on this matter because they didn't have knowledge on this matter. You know, uh, you're going to see the great things that they do because he knows that they're going to do great things. And so when he says bow down, this is a, though it's a command and an action to bow down. When he says bow down, it's a truthful statement because you're only going to bow down mm -hmm. to that thing that is better than you. And that rejection of truth, and this goes into ourselves as well, is that we refuse mm -hmm. to bow down to the truth. We continue to be in our ignorance. And what happens afterwards, and I I don't know how we even got to the direction because me and you, we speak about what we're going to talk about before. Don't give away all our tricks and, 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 and what our tricks and treats. 
we can't look like we're doing this completely I mean, randomly. If people <laughs> thought we were doing it completely randomly, then it would be a treat, right? But now, now we're tricking the people. So <laughs> Halloween's coming up. Halloween. Uh, uh, <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a Molana in Massachusetts that got in trouble for that. I also had a Halloween <laughs> program last year, but I didn't get in trouble because I'm not a. I'm not under the. You're not under, I'm contract. under contract, but <laughs> a different contract. A different contract. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the opening and the foundation, because he rejected truth. Satan rejected truth. Iblis rejected truth, and he he ends up getting banished, and he ends up mm-hmm. being away from the mercy of God. And the conversation is actually very funny because he immediately assumed. Right. If you go to the actual passage, he immediately assumed mm-hmm. that there was no forgiveness for him. And he didn't do the humble thing or the action of humility to just be like, yeah, he I just said something stupid. Wrong. I'm sorry. And this is it. He didn't acknowledge that it was wrong, mm-hmm. nor did he ask for forgiveness. God says you're banished. And he says, you know what? I want to live till the end of time. He just said, yeah, fine. I'm going to walk away. And there's the lack of desire for reconciliation a lack of desire for like actually arriving at what is true and i think this is the way if you don't mind me interjecting back a way for us to come back to what we wanted to talk about because i think we <laughs> we did kind of go off on this path that we didn't really intend to so i'll, I'll admit that we did plan do a little bit of planning but we kind of went off on a tangent um that Although Satan was, he, he, like the truth was presented to him, he refused to accept the truth, right? And this is, I think, what we wanted to get to that everyone wants to come into the conversation pushing forth their point. And you might, you know, we might come into, like, you might come into the conversation thinking that your point is the truth, like it's your truth, right? And this is another issue maybe we can talk about some other time. Everyone has their own truth, truth with a lowercase t, right? But no one wants to submit to the capital T, Ruth. Right? No one wants to com- com- uh, uh, submit or concede to the capital truth. Uh, they just have their many own lowercase truths, yeah. and they think that that's right. And people might bring their rational arguments. Like, I mean, if we think about it, the argument that, that Satan says is, he says, you know, I'm better than him. I'm better than Adam, peace be upon him. Because you created me from fire and you created him from clay. Now, that is a rational, logical argument, right? Because in the, in, in the psyche of, of Satan, he's thinking, okay, fire is, is more powerful than clay. Fire can mold clay. Fire can burn clay. So, therefore, it's better than clay. That is a, that's a, that's a lowercase t, truth, rational argument that could possibly hold. But when when in comparison, when put into contrast with the capital truth, then he refused to accept having been defeated because the purpose of coming into that, uh, into that conversation, into that, you know, into that engagement was not to learn. It was to just try to put his, 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 his position forward. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, that's mm. what we're all victim to nowadays, right? Because the our personal truths, uh, we hold them very high and uh, high and mighty, and and this kind of like 
how we started the conversation as well is that you know our society is just reinforcing that you know you're you're special you're very unique in the in the words of beloved uh sheikh scholar Malana hamza wal maqbul uh, you're a special snowflake everyone's a special snowflake <laughs> everyone's a special snowflake and and mm-hmm. there's truth to that too right everyone is unique everyone is entitled to their opinion everyone does have a special quality within them but and that's why like the word but important that it's a conditional statement right one d <laughs> what <laughs> so that's our, uh, it's it's a conditional statement right because we are all unique and we're all entitled to our opinion up to a certain point it's a conditional statement where we all can grow and modify and be better so on and so forth right if your whole life you're thinking two plus two is five in front of four you guys should understand that your intellectual submission is necessary uh especially when everyone else is telling you that this is correct or so on and so forth and it's not an illness for this generation versus that generation it's just found everywhere right it's just a little bit more apparent nowadays because you try to have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and they already have their truth in their mind and they're already willing to debate and fight their point no matter what even in front of uh correct opinions or logical opinions and so on and so forth and that ignorance and arrogance is such a problem because people who actually have experience and knowledge in a particular field, uh, you're completely debasing, debunking them for no reason. And this goes back to like, oh yeah, uh, for, for example, mm-hmm. your, your recipe example. I read an apple pie recipe once in my life. I know how to do it a million times over. Or I Googled all the symptoms for cancer and this is my opinion. That you, you have cancer versus a, a you know, experienced medical opinion or experienced chef or cook's opinion. You did something once or you experienced something once, you made an opinion on it, but that does not mean you're a master of that field. And that does not mean that you should disrespect or dishonor uh, someone who does have experience in that. And uh, this kind of goes into like, hey, I have a question and I want an answer to it. Mm -hmm. Who do I go to? How do I get that answer? And how will that answer be given to me? So this is something like a lot of scholars also deal with that when they learn how to decipher a question, whether it's an accusation against them, whether it's I've already formed my opinion, I just need your validation, or I'm asking you a question because I actually want to know. And that's like a very big thing and a very like uh, almost like, I don't want to say problematic, but it's, very, it's a lot of trouble nowadays because scholars are here to help us out. And they want to answer our questions because they want the betterment of society and humanity as a whole. But because of those people with uh, pre-existing pre-existing understandings, opinions, and... It's not uh, a medical touch. (laughs) Although our focus is on on the religious sphere, and when we're saying the word scholar, we generally refer to... We're generally referring to religious scholars... And the same thing applies elsewhere. I mean, the, the examples that yeah. you gave that you camelbacked off of um, my apple pie thing. If I were to go to a chef and say, like, I've, I, I, I've never cooked yeah. an apple pie in my life, and I go to an experienced chef or an experienced grandma who's been cooking apple pies her entire life, and I tell, I tell mm-hmm. the grandma or the chef, like, you know, I tell her, like, I know, you know, or the baker, I, I know how to cook an apple pie. 
you're doing it wrong. I read, I read, a, I read a recipe off of, you know, um, like superpanda.com. I think that's the name of the, of the website. Or uh, if I go to WebMD and, you know, I have, I look up some sort of thing before I go for my physical exam and then I start, you know, pestering my, my PCP with all these random questions. Well, did I go to med school or did he go to med school? Right. And the same, of course, applies to uh, yeah. scholars. So yeah, then, and yeah, and they they have to they have to decipher whether you're coming to accuse them, validate your own opinion, or actually act, actually seek knowledge. And though they want to betterment all of humanity and society and answer as many questions as they can, they are put put into a corner where yeah. they have to deal with everybody else. Right. And and that's why there's like grief in the community. Like, oh, why don't they answer this question when I ask them this way? Well, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're not maybe asking the answer the right that you too. seek is not the one that you need or deserve. So this is really important that uh, I think the, are really yeah. interesting that you brought, yeah. you know, these different types of scenarios up for the types of questioning, the types of questions that people ask and the types of questioners. Um, Imam al-Ghazali, um, Abu Hamad al-Ghazali, who is a fifth uh, century scholar, it was a fifth century history scholar, so it's a eleventh, twelfth century common era, or after after death, AD. He says in his book, uh, "Letter to a Disciple," or "Dear Beloved Son," Ayyuhul Walad. He, in one of his letters, he talks about different types of the diseases or, or the disease of arrogance being of four kinds, and he says that out of the four, three are incurable, and one of them is curable. First, which is incurable, someone who's questioning or arguing, it is out of his envy or hate. Right. So this maybe we could equate to uh, someone coming in with an opinion that they already have, and they they actually have some sort of animosity toward the person that they're that they're about to engage with. And so his advice for that, very quickly, is that you should turn away from that person and leave and leave him with the sickness. And then he says the second has foolishness as a sickness and he's he also is incurable so this is the one of like the example of me never having baked a pie and then going to someone who has uh, knowledge and experience in the field and then trying to test them and the questioning he says since he does not um he he says this idiot in his ignorance thinks that what is a problem for him is also a problem for the great scholar right or the great master of the field since he does not even know this much his questioning is due to his foolishness and you should not engage in answering him and then he says the third is someone who's asking for guidance and everything he does not understand in the discussion of the great scholars is put down by him to the shortcomings of his own knowledge and in his questioning and his questioning to is to learn however he is un unintelligent and does not grasp realities Thus, you should not engage in answering him either. So for someone, you know, there people are of different levels, uh, of different levels of uh, different, how can I say this nicely? There are mental faculties. They're endowed with different levels of mental facility. <laughs> right? um, so not everyone's the smart, sort of the, the, the same level of smartness, right? And we're not talking necessarily about IQ, but we could talk about EQ or, you know, someone could be incredibly intelligent in one area and really, really dumb in, in another area. Um, and then he says, finally, as for the sickness, which is curable, it is that of someone who is asking for guidance, who is intelligent, understanding, and not overwhelmed by envy, anger, the love of reputation, prestige, and wealth. 
and being a seeker of the straight path, and whose questioning and querying are not out of envy, obstinacy, or desire to test. This man is curable, and it's permissible to engage in a reply to his question. In, in fact, replying to him is an obligation upon you. Dang Bilal, Bilal, Dang Bilal. So the, that one thing that, that uh, made, this will be the last point that, that I might mention, um, or the last like quote, just to, like end it off with a cool quote, because I used this yesterday yeah. in a conversation with someone that, um, you know, the great, this great um, jurist, uh, Imam Shafi'i, may Allah have mercy on him, he said uh, in a couplet of poetry, he said, He said, leaving a fool without an answer is harder on the fool than giving him a reply. And so sometimes, you know, when people are just kind of talking and talking in their own echo chambers, um, and you don't want to really address them, right? but they keep bugging you, Sometimes it's better just to like, just leave them alone. <laughs> Not worth your time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a contemporary scholar, Musa Ferber, that uh, my uh, my brother sent to our group below. Uh, that he speaks about that person, right? So Imam Ghazali, rahimullah, right? Allah have mercy on him. He was mentioning that. The one that comes to you that doesn't really care about his status or his education or his background or all those different types of things that might lead somebody towards ignorance because they're afraid of their pride being hurt. Um, Musa Ferber, he brought a, an example of a person that says, I have a PhD and I cite PhDs. It, I can't be wrong when it comes to anything I say about Islam. And so, and he, he signed it off as, you know, the doctor humble PhD. So it's like, yeah, you're qualified in a certain field. And you might be excellent in that. You might be number one in that. But it's like saying the smartest person in the world to go play football, which is also strategic and very smart and takes a different faculty and expect him to excel. It's like telling a fish that swims normally go climb a tree and mm -hmm. that fish actually believing that he can climb a tree. So everyone has their spheres in which they are, uh, which they thrive, but doesn't mean that you're going to thrive in every sphere. And it, just because you have that status or that background or even that praise in a specific field doesn't mean that it translates over to all other matters. Uh, and so that's why I have a PhD and I know everything about Islam. So I, I have a you know valid opinion. I have a degree. I know what I'm doing. I have a medical license, a bar. XYZ, XYZ University. Yeah, I'm an esquire, you know, like, yeah, I think staying in one's lane, and hopefully we're trying to, yeah. at least for us, we're just trying to have a conversation. And I think we're trying to do our best in staying within our lanes, um, only speaking about the topics that or only speaking about topics, to the extent, which we ha actually have knowledge and experience. But also, we're, of course, open to I mean, if if we were to say that we are the authoritative voice on anything that we're talking about, um, we wouldn't be, we'd be very hypocritical with regard to what we talked about in the beginning of this conversation. Absolutely. And, um, and I guess that's pretty much like the foundation that we want to lay down for our future, future topics uh, is that basically that in order to have a successful conversation with someone, you have to have that willingness to listen, to learn, 
whether or not your opinion is going to change, that's a different fact altogether. You're like I said, you're entitled to your opinion, but you shouldn't you shouldn't also uh, discount what other people have to say. And none of us are perfect. We can all make mistakes, but if we are closing that door to other people's opinions and ideas, and especially people who have experience, we're only dooming ourselves, right? It's only going to get darker into a worse place. Um, and we'll have no direction, no guidance at all. And that's really important, especially with some of the other topics that we come, you know, we'll be talking about in the future, like how to address controversy in a community. And, you know, sometimes we have a cult following of a specific person or a topic, and we, sh we strongly believe in that. But mm. we tend to sometimes get uh, we'll put blinders on and we don't look at the facts and we don't look at the opinions of the people who actually matter or are close to a situation and we don't have that so main thing is that we have to prepare ourselves first understand where we have our own deficiencies when it comes to having a conversation like i think i mentioned in the last podcast that i have a problem that even though i'm wrong sometimes i'll play devil's advocate and sometimes that's okay because when you say you're doing devil's advocate and going against your own opinion, sometimes you're admitting that you are wrong in a certain degree, mm. but you don't want to take it to the degree that devil's advocate actually makes you the devil. And I think that's, that's like a really important point is that we have to be ready to approach uh, conversation appropriately again, see the human side in, in ourselves and other people. And then maybe we can have like that proper, foundation to yeah, actually have absolutely. good discussion. And I mean we didn't even we didn't even breach the, the the aspects of having a conversation in like a calm manner, um, not raising one's voice and all these other sorts of etiquettes that are kind of completely lost. Um, yeah, nuances and like you don't have to hate somebody for having a different opinion, you know? Like me and I think Bilal mentioned in the first podcast as well is that me and Bilal, we don't always agree, but we understand where each other is coming from. Or if you have a sibling, you know, brothers and sisters or whatever, sometimes they're right and you don't always agree with their decisions. And you know you're right and you're giving honest and sincere uh, like opinions or expressions into their lives. But it doesn't mean that they're evil because they didn't take your opinion, you know, or they're completely wrong because they're doing something their way. So that's another conversation in itself right how to actually lay down the etiquettes of having proper yeah. conversation so we'll save that for um, probably not the next episode because we have a special guest coming through um something that someone uh, had messaged you about right um in terms of like the upcoming elections and just like the entire whole political sphere so just a little bit of a teaser that we're going to have we're going to be talking about the whole concept of, of voting and like civic engagement and all these sorts of things. So we have someone who's fairly well-versed uh, in these sorts of things. Uh, I don't want to sing his praises too much. And then he'll come and say like, well, why did you say this? Why did you say that? Although he's not the sort of person who would do that. I'm sorry for saying that Mr. Whoever's going to be coming on next time. Um, but uh, I look forward to having that conversation because it's not something that I like, <laughs> I remember when you brought this up just the other day, or was it this morning? Um, I was like, I really hate having these sorts of conversations, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to be a listener on that end because it's not something that I'm good at, nor is it something that I have a whole lot of expertise or experience in. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it. you know, if anything, it's uh, one thing is that it was requested from people and it's kind of contemporary, you know, especially given the current climate and people are confused about how involved they should be or not uh, in the political spectrum and the political Does it even matter? Is it halal? Is it haram? Uh, those type of questions come about or, you know, do I have to choose between the two parties? Do I have to uh, mm. say that my allegiance was with this person or that person? Um, so tune in for the next one. Yeah. We're going to have a very interesting conversation, hopefully. And he's going to be our first guest. So uh, that that's a very big yeah. topic. Uh, <laughs> that's a very big milestone for us, especially early on. And uh, we wanted to ask for people's feedback um, in the episode description or show notes or whatever they're called. We have um, our email, savagesufis at gmail.com. If you want to just write us any sort of feedback, feedback or suggestions or whatnot, we welcome that. Then also, if you go to the Anchor website, it allows you to leave us a voice note feedback. And if you leave something that we think is interesting enough, maybe we'll feature it during our podcast. Um, I don't know how ratings work just as yet because we're very new on this. But if there's some sort of rating and if you like what you hear, um, and if you'd like us to improve, then we appreciate that. And then, of course, sharing and support however you can and however much you'd like to. We're not going to force you to do anything that you don't want to do. We're not those sorts of people. La ikraha fid din wa la fid podcast. There's no compulsion in, in religion nor in, in, in podcasting. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I I guess we'll just uh, close up on that one. Remember, guys, if nobody loves you, I love you. We'll see you on the next one.